Good morning. Welcome to Saving Your Soul with Dolly. I'm so excited to be here with you again today. Um, I'm going to start off real quick with our master text. It's in um, 1 Thessalonians, if I can talk, um, 5.23. It says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. That, that means your entire being. I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless into the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, what I'm talking about is how to save your soul. Why we save our soul? What is our soul? How how do you do it? Um, it's very important, you know. It's it's as you grow spiritually, you're born again, and you're a believer. You believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you've called upon the name of the Lord, and you're saved. Then your spirit man is alive into God, and you are one with the Lord, and it is amazing. But. Um, you know, still we struggle with things. We don't get the victory we want or we don't get our prayers answered the way we think that they should be. And, or the enemy is always kind of trying to convince us that, you know, um, we're not really saved. You know, there's something else we've got to do and stuff, you know. But you are saved. You are saved. And it's not by works because if it was, we would all boast. But it's by um, Jesus did it for you. Amen. It was a free gift. Salvation was a free gift for you. And it is amazing. And my husband teaches on spiritually saved, the condition of a spiritually saved man. That is like his specialty. And I'm telling you, there is no way you can lose that salvation. Nothing. Who is going to separate you from the love of God? Um, he is dwelling in you, and He is your ever-present help in time of need. But a lot of people are not taking advantage of the of the provision that God has made for us to have a successful life um, in every area because of lack of knowledge. The Bible tells us, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It doesn't say that my people are destroyed because they have an addiction. It doesn't say, my people are destroyed because they sinned. My people are destroyed because, you know, they're mean to each other. It says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Um, what that means is, you know, we need to get some knowledge. And knowledge is um, in our mind, our will, our emotions, our intellect. You know, the part of you that is your soul. Your soul is so similar to your spirit because you were created in the direct image of God that people have a hard time um, differentiating between the two of them. But there is a huge difference. Your spirit man is saved, going to heaven right now. If, if something happened to you right now and you're born again, your spirit is going to live for eternity in heaven, and it is going to be glorious. But you can suffer loss, meaning you know you can get there and not have your own soul with you. Your soul is going to be like your crown when you get there. I don't think we all have to have hats on. Um, and I can show you all that. We'll get into that later. But I, I wanted to cover today um, some of the basics about your salvation. You know, I know a lot of people feel like, well, they have to do this and they have to do that and they have to do this and they have to do that in order to stay saved. They're looking at it wrong. You don't have to do those things to stay born again. You don't have to do those things to stay connected to God. You're already as saved as you're going to get. God's love for you is unconditional, meaning it's not based on what you did in the past, and it's not going to change because you do something, you know, in the future. You're spiritually saved to God because God said you were, and He moved into your life. 
When God connected with you, you are permanently grafted in. You're God's kid. You've been, you've been brought into the family. And um, you need to know that. Because all these other scriptures where it's talking about, well, you got to do this or you got to do that. It's given you the keys you need to save your soul. Your spiritual salvation is not in question here. But do you want to get victory over your finances? Do you want to get victory over your family relations? Do you want to get victory over your ministry or your business? Or what are you called to do? Do you want victory in other areas? The, the instruction is how to save your soul. How to get your mind, will, emotions, intellect, and all these things lined up with God. Where your soul and your spirit are working in harmony. You know, um, the Apostle Paul said, these things I want to do, I don't do them. And the things I don't want to do, I keep doing. Oh, there's this war going off inside of me. Oh, wretched man that I am. He had a flesh that was continually being tempted and, and fighting against his spirit. And he had a soul. His soul, he was trying to line his soul up with his spirit, but it oftentimes went with his flesh. He was in a battle. It was an inner struggle. I'm, I remember when Joyce Myers came out with The Battlefield of the Mind. Brilliant, brilliant book. I'm telling you, it was just brilliant. But you, you've got this thing going off inside of you, and it's that way in every area of your life. And so I want to help you get victory over that. So the more victory you get over your soul, which you're empowered to do it because you're spiritually connected to God, the more victory you get over your soul, the more victory is going to manifest in this life and in the life to come. Um, so it's very good package. I wanted just to say really quickly, because you're a three-part being, because you're created in the image of God, he's a spirit, soul, and body also. Um, you're a spirit, soul, and a body, and there are three experiences that every evangelical is taught that we are supposed to do. The first one is to be born again. First of all, that's the foundation. That's everything. That's the door. That's the entry. That's, that, is the, that is the plan of God. If you're not born again, you seriously need to be. And I'm not just, I'm, I'm not wishing, I'm not just saying, oh, it's a good idea. No, I'm telling you, if you're not born again, you need to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you and to forgive you and, and to come into your life. Because you're going to live forever somewhere. And we want to make sure it's heaven. Amen. You're going to, you must be born again, Jesus said. So that's one experience that we're going to seek. The second one is to get water baptized. Now, water baptism pretty much takes care of your flesh. The Bible says that you're buried with him in his death and raised to walk in newness of life. We're just an outward symbol. This is your body. We're going to go ahead and just um, have a burial for your body so that you can uh, move forward. And we'll deal with that later also because you're going to, you're going to get a new body. Your body is being changed. Um, you're going to, in the twinkling of an eye, everybody's body will be changed. And um, you're going to have a body for eternity, a new body. Um but right now, you just need to, you know, make, put your flesh down. You cannot be led by your flesh and get victory in any area of your life ever. Uh, but again, if people don't know this, they, they make decisions based on what the world is telling them, and, and they end up in a bad situation. And then the third thing is you need to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I know a lot of people say, well, if I'm saved and I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I'm sorry if that offends you, but I'm telling you right now, I have served God without it. 
and I have served God with it. And serving God with it is actually effective and powerful. And without the Holy Spirit manifesting in your life, and you'll know because you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. When you have that, you have just tapped into the power to save your soul, the power to get revelation knowledge from the Word of God, the power to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, the power to produce the fruits of the Spirit. I mean, there you need the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm just going to tell you straight up that you need it. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. I'm telling you, that's fine. You have a will. God's not going to cross it, and neither am I. You're good. You do what you do you. But I'm telling you, if you want to save your soul, you need the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we're going to talk about that also. We've got so much to cover. It's going to take me a while to get through all the notes and stuff that I've made. The, the entire Bible is talking about this very thing. So um, the Word of God gets revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. The illumination happens. When you're reading the Bible, all of a sudden you see something that you've never seen before. You understand the scripture. That's the Holy Spirit leading you and guiding you and un unveiling things to you to reveal to you what God's promises are for you. Um, I want to look. I'm going to just give you an example today. I was doing my our live prayer this morning, and I used this as an example, and I thought, okay, this will work today for this example here too. In Mark eleven twenty three, Jesus had just cursed the fig tree. They came back by the next day. The disciples were, hey, look, that tree you cursed, it, it died. And Jesus said, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, whosoever, I say unto this, uh, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall what, have whatsoever he saith. Okay, so Jesus is saying right there, you being spiritually alive unto God and um, being empowered with the Spirit of God, you can say what you believe and what you want, and it will come to pass. And then it says, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. What things soever you desire, you know, and, and people try to... People that don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or people that do not understand the salvation of the soul message um, will always tell you, they'll always try to put caveats and addendums on the Word of God. And, well, you know, you can't do it if you're just being greedy or if you're just doing this or you're just doing that. Listen, by stepping out in faith and believing God for something is the fastest way to start getting your lessons in how to save your soul. It's the fastest way to generate uh, involvement um, from the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit to help you figure out how do you do this? Why do you, You're seeking to grow. And as you're seeking to grow, you're going to get the promises of God. That's a byproduct for sure. But you're going to be saving your soul at the same time. So let me, let me go on and read some more. It says, When you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So, so what he's saying here, he just told you that when you step out in faith to do something, when you speak to it or whether you pray about your desires, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And he goes right into a message about you got to forgive people if you want to be forgiven. And if you don't forgive people, you're, gonna, you're not forgiven. 
And I wanted just to tell you what he's saying there. You see, the Holy Spirit can reveal it to you. Because people preach this sermon a lot like, oh, if you don't forgive, God's not going to forgive you and you're going to be in hell. You're going to, you know, no, you're not. I'm going to go back to you're spiritually born again. You're going to go to heaven. What, who is going to separate you from the love of God? Certainly not unforgiveness. You, you are not perfect. You are saved by grace. The, the love that God has extended to you is unconditional. If it's conditional, okay, so he unconditionally loves you. Jesus died on the cross to save you, and you're born again. Oh, but now you didn't forgive somebody. Oh, do over. Mark his name off the list. You're no longer saved. That's preposterous. That doesn't even make sense with everything else going on in the Word. You are saved. What he's dealing with now is you've just stepped out and either spoke directly to something and commanded it because you're created in the image of God and you have the power in you to create your world and declare what's going to happen and what's not going to happen in your sphere of influence, your region, wherever God has given you. And secondly, if, if, you are, if this is contingent on you staying saved to go to heaven, none of us have a shot. I mean, I'm telling you, it's absolutely ridiculous. So what is he doing here? He's given you a key because when you step out in faith to believe God for something, immediately there's going to come a trial of your faith. Look over with me in 1 Peter 1, um, verse 7. It says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, Though it be tried with fire, might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, in whom though now you see him not yet believing, you, re- you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. So the end result of your faith, because Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith, So the end result of your faith, the finished product of you stepping out and believing God for something, creates the salvation of your souls. So when he's talking to you about stepping out and believing God for something or stepping out and using your authority to declare something and then be expecting it to come to pass, your faith is going to go on trial. When you step up to declare something, when you step out and ask for something, immediately there's going to come an assignment to stop you. There has to be, someone has to try to stop you to keep it from manifesting. He's going to use things against you. It's not going to be blatant. He's not going to show up with a red pitchfork and some horns and say, no, you can't have what you asked God for. That's not how it works. He's going to create a trial against your faith and try to convince you why you can't have whatever it is. There's going to be a battle in your mind. And so as you are standing and believing God for it, you're going to have a variety of things come against you. But one of them in particular is going to be that you are not, you don't forgive people. And he'll be able to use those people or those circumstances to come and provoke you and to drive you and to get you off track. And he will eventually convince you that because he's such a manipulator and he is such a liar and a deceiver, and he is pretty crafty. He will convince you that you're not even forgiven. You're not even going to heaven. And at that point, you know, you're going to forget the fact that you were believing God to pay your car off 
or whatever you, your desire was, you know, I mean, you, he said, whatever you desire, that could be anything, you know, you, you're believing for a healing, you're believing for, you know, to get a new house, whatever it is you're believing God for, he's going to come and he's going to steal that from you. And you're going to be sitting somewhere and say, well, I tried that. It didn't work. Well, it didn't work because you didn't have any knowledge about even what was going on. Yeah, you asked him, you heard a message, your faith grew because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You heard a message, it was powerful. You believed it, it was true. You had faith. You stepped out and started speaking to your world. You bound those addictions. You told that devil to get off and get out of your house and leave your kids alone. And you exercised your faith. You prayed and you believed God for something that was a desire in your heart, which God gave you. So it's, it's perfectly normal and natural for you to want those things and for God to give them to you. And so he's, he's told you, if you desire it and you pray, you can have it. He's already done his part. But then what happens is the enemy comes up and trips you up because you couldn't forgive Uncle Joe for what he did. I'm sorry for what happened. I really am. And it shouldn't have happened. And it's, it's really sad that it did. But it is not going to hurt Uncle Joe right now for you not to forgive him. What's going to happen is it's going to steal your faith. It's going to steal your ability to get free and to get out of the situation you're in. And the devil knows it. We don't know it. But the devil does. We, we take this scripture and we beat Christians up and condemn them when the Bible clearly tells us he did not send Jesus into this world to condemn you. So there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now there is a ton of condemnation for those who are not in Christ Jesus. When you're not in faith, baby, you're going to be the victim of some condemnation because the enemy's coming after you. But again, if you don't know it, you'll sit there and take it. So here you are. And, and, and you've got this problem with Uncle Joe. Well, you think that's not a big deal. That happened a long time ago. You, you can kind of live life without ever even thinking about it. But what the enemy's going to do now that you're about to manifest something for the kingdom of God? You're about to get free from his power? No, he's going to pull out all the stops. Those hooks he put in you 20 years ago, he's going to start reeling you in. He's going to have Uncle Joe call. Or he's going to have some other neighbor come by and start talking and get you riled back up and bring up all those memories and bring up all that bitterness. And the next thing you know, you're going to be distracted. You're going to be off track. You're going to make some bad statements. You're going to make some bad decisions. You're going to feel sorry for yourself again. And you're going to let go of this. And then the next thing you know, five months have passed. You still don't have what you were believing for. And, and you said, yeah, I believed God one time for something and it didn't work. I tried that. Really? No, it worked. It worked. And the devil has your stuff. And because we're not renewing our mind to God's ways, he says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts and my ways are higher than your ways. That doesn't mean you can't be there. It means as you start thinking like God, as you renew your mind, as you start trying to save your soul, you will mature until you're thinking like God thinks. Once you're thinking like God thinks, you're not easily deceived. You're not easily manipulated. Your stuff doesn't get stolen from you like it used to. You manifest the promises of God. The world is waiting for you to do that. The earth is groaning and travailing, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Waiting for some believer that steps up and actually looks like God, looks like Jesus. We're supposed to be imitators of them. And instead, 
We're all sitting around. There's nothing to this. I got born again. I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. That's all there is to this. No. The adversary knows the Bible better than you do. And he uses the thing that he's creating to steal your stuff. And because we're not renewing our mind, because we're not saving our soul, because we don't even want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because, you know, we don't think we need it. We're sitting somewhere miserable, dying before we're supposed to, having divorces, losing our children to drugs and alcohol and perversions and everything. And we're just sitting here a victim of the circumstances of this world. That's why people have heart attacks. Because no matter how right you've been, no matter how hard you tried, you still can't win. Who could have predicted COVID besides the people that came up with it all? Who could have predicted those hurricanes out there in the Gulf? Who could have predicted an asteroid falling out of the sky? Who could predict all these things? Who can predict the market crashing? You're just a person. And the enemy is running around, pulling roughshod over all of God's kids because we don't even know what he's doing. You have a soul to save. And to do that, we have to get wise to the enemy's tactics. As we grow in our, in our understanding, and you know, the Bible says we're destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Well, then we need to start getting us some knowledge. Listen, baby, the most essential thing on this planet is church. I'm telling you, that is the most essential thing in your world is church. And the second most essential thing in this world is your family. Mom, dad, children, parents, your family. Those are the two most important things on the planet. They're the two institutions that God created. All the rest of this stuff we did. Those two things God instituted. And they are vital. And you can't just think you're going to just whip through life and, and never. The Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. It is vitally important that you be in the church. And in the right church, in the right church where somebody's going to teach you something, I'm telling you, pray about where you go to church. There is a good church by you somewhere. God, God wouldn't tell you to go to church and then not provide it for you. It's there. But it is a very, it's a very important decision that you make. We have to feed our soul. And we have to line it up with God. You know, back over here in um, Peter again. This is one of the places in the New Testament that said the salvation of your soul. And it goes right on after it tells you that the finished product of your faith. The finished product of your faith is that you saved your soul. That part of your soul. That part of your being has been saved. Now there's a whole bunch to you. You're a very complex person. But it says, it goes on in verse 10, it says, Of which salvation? This is the salvation that the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Okay? It, it goes on, Searching what and what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. The suffering of Christ became you born again. 
You got born again because of the suffering of Christ on that cross. But then there was a glory that should follow. There is a glory that should follow. And it goes down to say, which things the angels desire to look into at the end of chapter 12. You know, people think that when they die, they're going to go to heaven and be an angel. That is so not scriptural. I know it happened in a Hollywood movie. I know that when you hear a bell, somebody got their wings. You're never going to be an angel. You were created higher than the angels. And right here it says the angels and the prophets, all the prophets of the Old Testament, saw what we were going to have. They were going to be saved. You know, God was, the redemption went backwards for them. You know, when Jesus Christ went to hell and went through the trial and all those things during those three days before he rose again from the grave, the Bible says he led captivity captive. He took all the Old Testament prophets with him, and they're in heaven now. They were going to be born again. They were going to get to go to heaven. But what they didn't get was the opportunity to save their soul. They didn't get the ability to have God live in them while they walked on this earth and be at a level higher than the world's standard so that they could function and rule and reign and be as God's the way Adam was. What Adam had lost is finally available. It is available to us. We're the only ones. We are the new creature. We're the thing that everything else in creation is looking at going, oh my gosh, how can I have that? I want that so bad. It says in verse 12 right here in 1 Peter, it says, unto whom it was revealed and not unto themselves. They, they didn't have it. It wasn't revealed for them. But unto us they ministered things. These, these Old Testament prophets wrote all this for our benefit so that we could learn and figure out how to operate in this. Which are now reported unto you by them to have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven. Which things the angels look into, they are desiring to look into it. Listen, you have the ability now that you've been born again. And you are empowered with the Holy Spirit to literally manifest the sons of God. Literally, to when you say something, when what happened when Jesus said something, it manifested. What happened when Jesus prayed for something, he got it. There should be no difference. The Bible says he was the firstborn of many brethren. We are supposed to have what he had. And I know all people start thinking, ah, that's blasphemy. You're thinking you're God. You're going to, I'm not God. I'm not Jesus Christ, but I am Dolly, the anointed of the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost and with power. And I go about doing good, healing all who are oppressed of the devil because God is with me. And that is the will of God for every believer on this earth. And only by getting revelation knowledge, only by praying and asking God to reveal this to us, are we going to save our soul and be able to defeat the enemy who is a master. He is a mastermind at trying to figure out how to steal the blessing of God from you, how to steal your faith, how every time you try to step out and act on the Word of God, there He is. Listen, you have the fruit of the Spirit, which is long-suffering. You can outlast Him if you will not quit. Step out in faith and believe something. And then keep your eye on the prize. I love 
Terry Seville Foy's ministry about vision boards, about getting that image and putting it in front of your face and not letting it out of your sight until it manifests. Man, change your life. That will literally change your life. Listen, um, I, I have really enjoyed this. I, I could just talk about this all day long, but my time's just about up. But I want to tell you, um, God has got a great plan for you, and you already are desiring it. It's already in your heart. He put that there. Before you were born, before you were in your mother's womb, the Bible says, He called you, He sanctified you, He chose you. You're here at the right time for the right reasons, and you have the right desires. And God is going to help you do it. He is going to help you obtain the promises of God. You're born again. Don't ever let the enemy steal that from you. Don't ever even entertain the fact that God has somehow turned his back on you. Even on your worst day, the Bible says his mercy is new every day. You know what? Some days I blow it really bad. I cuss somebody out or I do something. But you know what I do? I just go to bed early because I know in the morning when I wake up, his mercy is new again today. And then I talk to the Lord, God, why did I lose my patience? Why did I get so upset? What's going on inside of me that the enemy has a hook in me? How can he control me like that? And I I let the Lord deal with my stuff. And I'm honest with God. And he delivers me from it. And as he delivers me from it, I'm empowered. I am empowered to go forward and save my soul and be a blessing to every person I come in contact with. Listen, that's the will of God for your life. Regardless of what you're called to do, you're still supposed to be saving your soul and um, being a blessing to the people around you, especially your family and your church and, and your company or your, your wherever, you're, wherever you're planted. Um, listen, God loves you and I love you. And I'm going to be back again on Thursday with another podcast. And I just want to thank you so much for listening, man. You're a blessing to me. If you want to follow me to stay encouraged, I'm on everything. Um, uh, YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and all those things. You can find me. And I hope you do because I would love to to have a relationship with you and help you do this thing that God's called us to do. Amen. God bless you and I'll talk to you next time.